Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show. Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad.
Thank you, everybody, and welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio, broadcasting straight up out of the city of Chicago. Uh, we had some difficult, uh, some difficulty yesterday on the show, and uh, I don't know if you heard it or not, but uh, it was pretty. <laughs> I think somebody out there was trying to ruin the show. But anyway, uh, the George Wilder Jr. Show is still here. We had to get rid of that show. It was uh, not. Uh, something i would want to put my name on so anyway if uh you you, you know uh if, if you were listening if you were podcasting yesterday's show i had to get rid of it you know i can delete them just like i can delete <laughs> you can delete an email or something um yeah but i apologize for that if anybody was offended by that or anybody was uh looking for uh uh that show yesterday but um it, we had some difficulties with it. I don't know if I was trying to, I don't know if somebody was trying to actually sabotage the show. That's what it sounded like, you know, hacking or something to that. Effect. You know, I, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people out there trying to hack me and all that kind of stuff, hack you, hack everybody, you know, because they just don't like what you're saying or they don't like your message or they don't like your show or they want to ruin you some kind of way. You know, it could have uh, sabotaged. But anyway, the show is, uh, has been deleted, and this show so far, uh, as I have checked it out uh, thoroughly before I came on to, came on the air, seemed to be so uh, okay so far. <laughs> we'll never know what's going to happen next, though. Anyway, I don't know if that was a hacker or if it was just a malfunction in, in the equipment or whatever, but I'm thinking it was a hacker. I'm thinking that it was someone who was trying to manipulate or or uh, you know try to destroy the show for some reason or another, but. Uh, or other, because there are people out there, and there are people out there who are standing in the wings to do something like that. And uh, we're always um, trying to be on our P's and Q's. All right, we've got some uh, news here, folks. You might have heard it: eight people, eight people dead in a nursing home. I believe it. I believe it's in Hollywood, Florida. After the floods, they didn't have any air conditioning or something, and and. It, it all points, I mean, from what I was hearing, it all points to negligence and maybe even homicide. You know, eight uh, elderly uh, people died uh, in a nursing home because of no fans and no air conditioners and stuff like that. Or some people are saying that they should have probably evacuated, taken out of that place the day before so uh, this is i've always had my reservations about nursing homes i really have had my reservations about nursing homes scared scared as hell of one day maybe ending up in one you know i think we all are most people want to stay in their own homes most people want to stay with their relatives or you know loved ones and, st and things like that but sometimes it's you know, it's kind of hard to do, you know, to try to take care of your parent or your grandparent and, uh, and work and take care of kids and car and house and other responsibilities. Kind of tough. So we we uh, go out and try to find uh, a, a nursing home to that effect, uh, a caring one. But you never know. I mean, I've heard so many Horrible stories about nursing homes. I mean, wow. I mean, I remember, I recall uh, my grandmother who was 97 when she passed. Uh, 
a few years earlier, she was in a nursing home. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't say definitively if anything uh, was questionable why she was there. But I've I've had heard uh, horror stories from people who have had loved, loved ones in nursing homes expecting the best of care. And all they got was the worst of care. I mean, there's videos all over the place showing nursing home staff abusing, misusing uh, the elderly, pushing them, kicking, kicking them down steps and all that kind of thing. And uh, there are people out here uh, who, who think they are supposed to abuse the elderly just because they're old and weak. We're old and weak, maybe. <laughs> Just because they're old and weak and uh, uh, and vulnerable. People think they have the right to hate on them, to abuse them, to misuse them, to abuse them both physically and mentally. Uh, it's a shame. Uh, I'm not saying that these eight people who died in Florida, in this Florida nursing home, Hollywood, ha- Hollywood Florida, I think, uh, that they were being abused in any kind of way, but it might have been happening because they somehow these people were left to die, left to die. Somebody screwed up somewhere, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of lawsuits. Uh, a lot of the loved ones are going to be suing their asses, and they probably should because you know there's people in working in these nursing homes that are abusing the elderly abusing those who are who can't fight for themselves abusing those who can't uh do for themselves abusing those who don't they don't talk much so you don't know what's going on or not and but a lot of uh, a lot of people who have loved ones in nursing homes um they know by visiting constantly visiting their loved ones who are in nursing homes if there is abuse there or not uh, I'm not uh, downplaying all nursing homes, but we don't know what the hell is going on in a nursing home when you have your loved one there. You know, it, it, the, there's been so many news reports uh, into uh, abuse at a lot of these nursing homes. And I think that's why a lot of uh, elderly people um, don't want to go because they feel they're going to be abused. Of course, nursing homes have their positive side. You know, it gives it gives longevity to a lot of those folks who are in, who decide to go to a nursing home. I mean, you, you're around people your own age, you're around people who you can talk to and, you know, you're never lonely. There's people who, uh, you know, you're being fed every day, you're being housed, you're being clean and, you know, you're being taken care of. But also you may, uh, some of them may be being abused. And that's another thing that I'm an advocate, uh, advocate <laughs> for is abusiveness. I did a story uh, once, and I think it's still available on Amazon, called um, Elder Abuse and the Old Man. It's something similar. It's fiction, but um, there's some elements of truth to it. So... It, it, it's out there. Abuse is out there. Whether you whether it's domestic abuse or, or of any kind, 
abuse abusing his woman or a woman abusing a man or nursing home employees abusing the elderly. Abuse is out there, and it shouldn't be, but it's out there. So I just wanted to, to run that across, run that across to you, that eight dead in nursing homes. I'm not hearing that uh, a fire department, right? Uh, <laughs> going past the window, right? Uh, that uh, there's another nursing home in Florida that's being evacuated of uh, I mean, if you know that your nursing home that you're working at doesn't have air conditioning and you get all these elderly patients, I mean, you would kind of know that it's time for them to be evacuated. Nobody can stay in a nursing home if it's 90 degrees outside and there's no fans, there's no air conditioning, there's no nothing. And obviously, these people, eight people died uh, from neglect because somebody at that nursing home neglected them. There is no doubt about it. There's somebody neglected them and they died because of neglect. And neglect, this kind of neglect to me is abuse. Yeah, and there is no excuse in the world that these people have to try to defend themselves against this. This is just rotten. Eight uh, elderly elderly seniors in nursing in this nursing home, particular nursing home, nursing home died because of lack of air, air conditionings or fans. And this had to be for hours. Where were the where were the workers? I mean, I'm pretty sure they saw that these people were having a hard time breathing. That somebody would have called someone or somebody immediately. But that didn't happen. Wow. This is something. Something is always going on in the world. That's why That's why the George Wilder Jr. Show is here to try and make the world a better place. That's what we want to do, and that's what we're trying to do. We have hands, one for helping ourselves, and the other, and the other hand for helping helping each other. And uh, this past week, two weeks, all of this destruction in Texas and Florida and the Florida Keys and, and, and the Caribbean, I mean, people were just helping each other uh, uh in full force, and people were just leaving their comfortable homes to go help out those who were totally, totally in need, and that's great. And there was a telethon uh, the other day, nothing but movie stars, A-list movie stars, George Clooney, Stevie Wonder, one of my favorite uh, musicians, Stevie Wonder, um, and, and a lot of other uh, A-list uh, performers, that they were there, and I'm hearing they... The telethon garnered at least fourteen, uh, fourteen million dollars. You know, so but I'm hearing that they actually need money in the billions. I'm, I'm talking about uh, Texas and uh, Florida uh, because of so much destruction. But but hey, that was a start. That was a great start. And I and my uh, 
my hat goes off to a lot of these A-list stars for doing this. They just took the time out. But it would have been it would have been nice to see them in Texas or in Florida helping out on hand help, you know. Uh, but I guess money talks in some cases. But somehow you don't always need money. You need you need a smile. You need to make uh, an effort, uh, you know, helping people clean up and stuff like that. That would have been great, along with donations, okay? All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, and I still want to apologize for uh, the show yesterday. I, I, I believe I was hacked, <laughs> and uh, I had to get rid of it. But it was a good show, and uh, I did partially of it. We did a, a partial show yesterday, and I went back to listen to it and to podcast my own show, and I said, no, 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 we can't, we can't have this one out there. It's, it's pretty bad. Someone's trying to get into the show or, or disrupt the show or, you know, hackers out there, they're everywhere. Because people are, um, people, some people are just crooks. And they're still talking about Equifax. Uh, you know, if you, it, it's a credit reporting bureau. And uh, I'm pretty sure they have my information. If they have yours, then the bad guys also have it. And these people should be sued and thrown out in the street because they refused. They, they did not keep our information safe. Now, uh, the bad guys have our phone numbers, probably credit cards, social security numbers, addresses. The bad guys have this. All because we relied on a company or a company uh, had our information and did not keep it safe. And now they're saying, well, well get get you a, um, uh, they, they're now saying we should um, get some sort of a credit monitoring service, LifeLock or something like that to keep your information safe. Hey, that's all too late. That's good, but it's too late. The bad guys already got the information. So what what is that going to do? Getting all of these uh, uh, protections against identity theft when the bad guys have already gotten the information. They already know. That's like, you know, crazy. They already got your information. Now they're telling you to um, uh, change, your, change your credit card uh, numbers and all of this kind of thing. You're going to have to. You're going to have to. They're going to say... Um, uh, contact these three different kinds of credit reporting agency and take your name off of it, off of it and get your uh, uh, credit information off of those things because n- nothing is safe, folks. In this age of computer, digital this, digital that, technology this, technology that, nothing is safe, nothing is secure. I mean, we all, who haven't? Who hasn't bought something online? When you buy something online, you, know, you put your credit card number in there, your address, and all of this kind of thing. They know who you are. They have your information. They may have not gotten to you yet, but it's out there. It is totally out there. All right, you've been listening to the George Walter Jr. Show. My guest today is Dr. Tracy Powell. Okay. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now in the air. It is 6.20 p.m. straight up Chicago time, Central Standard Time. And it is just wonderful. 
Okay, we will be right back. Let's do this. Political commentator Anna Navarro and Matt Schlapp, chairman of the American Conservative Union. Matt, what do you do about this? Nobody likes to see these types of numbers, Chris, but I think it's important. We're at a point in politics where yeah, I, I didn't get a copy of this poll, so I haven't read it thoroughly. But if you look at the numbers of Congress, they're abysmal. If you look at the fact that we just had six Republican senators switch their vote on Obamacare approval, um, there's, there's great concern out there amongst Democrats and Republicans. You have a lot of Democrats who are looking at this strategy of hashtag resistance, and they know that's not a good strategy. But if you're the president and you're looking at these numbers, you know that you've got to steady the ship on these messages that come out of the White House, and you have to make sure that you're pushing back on false stories about what their agenda is. And number one, you've got to get accomplishments through Congress. You've got to repeal Obamacare, and you've got to get a big tax package done. So how does the president lift his own credibility by uh, attacking the others, uh, the credibility of others, Anna? I don't think it's about attacking the credibility of others. I think it, it, the solution is very simple. Start telling the truth. Start telling the American people the truth. Taking your job seriously. Stop making things up. Stop exaggerating. Stop outright lying and then repeating it over and over and over again. And I think the people around him, instead of justifying it, instead of spinning it, instead of defending it, need to tell him, you are no longer the... Uh, the, the host of The Apprentice. You're not a used car salesman. You are the president of the United States, and the American people deserve to have to believe you at some point. You, you know, look, Matt worked at the Bush White House. He was there during, 90, you know, we had 9-11, we had Katrina. In this country of 300-plus million people of 50 states, at some point, we're going to have a grave, natural, or man-made disaster. We need to believe our president when he stands behind that podium and speaks to us. And today, Donald Trump has no credibility because he's been president for 200 days, and he has lied practically every single one of those days. Matt Schlapp, do you think the president can change? Oh, well, I disagree with this whole premise uh, that he's not uh, truthful. I disagree with what Anna said there. I actually think we have a very polarized country. We are divided on almost every major issue. And there are people that really despise Donald Trump, that they hate him. And there are big sections of this country that are rooting for him. Let me tell you about the people who are rooting for him, Chris. They don't like everything about him. And they don't like politicians generally, and they don't like it when uh, things don't get done in Congress. And the president's going to, you know, bear some of the responsibility for that. But the part of Trump, uh, of President Trump, that great sections of this country do like is that he is authentic. He does tell you what he thinks. He doesn't. He doesn't put a fine polish on everything. He says it very bluntly. And but how do you like square that with three out of four people thinking he's lying? Well, Chris, like I said, I haven't delved into your poll. I, all I will tell you is you've got to take some responsibility, all of us do, on the coverage of this. When you call the president a liar, where other people do, for 200 days, which I think, even, even on climate change, to hear the coverage to say that people like me, who are skeptics over the idea that man is causing the globe to put itself in a position where it's so warm that uh, human life will not be able to be sustained. I'm a skeptic of that. I'm not a liar on You're that You're also issue. not a scientist. A and when you have 13 well, so agencies are. and scientists from the no. government saying something and they're worried about being suppressed, it's a credibility Chris, issue. I want and that's why three that out of four people wrong. say they don't trust the it's, White House. It, it's wrong for people in the media 
to say that on issues of abortion, on climate change, on the on the on the how is abortion and climate change the same thing, Matt? It's about science. And guess what? You're wrong on the science. Many of you who uh, who believe that people on the pro-life side aren't looking at the science of it. Come on, the science is on my side on the unique. It's not about science. It's about ethics, religion, and morality. No, is what, what abortion it is, is, is about. It's not about science. There's a political difference, and just because someone's on the other side, please don't call them a liar. How I think can, that's who's not helping look, the country? See, has, this, hold on a second, Anna. Hold on a second, because I get a lot of this. You like to throw a label on something you don't like. I get it, politically persuasive, but it's also BS a lot of the time, Matt. I don't. I don't Nobody's know making means. abortion about science. I've not, I haven't even bring abortion. The issue is about science. You did abortion. The idea of when life begins. Guess it's what? Science. Nobody it's knows. Science. You can believe you know, it begins at conception. Right. You can begin to no. be believe 40 days well, after the way the Jews do. The you can believe in viability. There is no, an no, unknown component to it. That's no, not what not. the science is each, behind each climate change. Each, you, They're not each, the same thing. The science of when okay. life begins is unquestionable. And the question on climate change actually there's a great diversity on the science. And we ha we do have political disagreements. But but I think it's wrong in the when we call people who have a contrary position a liar, and that's what's dominating the right, coverage. That, Anna, that's a, a fair point. That is, that is Anna, just, Anna, that's a fair that point that if you just get you disagree, you call someone a liar. I agree with Matt. Disagreement doesn't mean somebody's lying, somebody's telling the truth. But that's also not the case with a lot of these issues, especially when it comes to climate science. Listen, you know, um, Matt is very able, and we are now chasing this rabbit and talking about abortion and policy disagreements. This is not about policy disagreements. You don't call somebody a liar because they disagree with you on, you know, one policy issue or another. It's about the three to five million illegal immigrants he lied about. It's about the crowds of the inaugural he lied about it's about no he coverage of north korea when it was being covered as he exactly. tweeted it it's about the birther thing yeah there's a pattern here matt and you know it it's not that I people disagree with his heartfelt beliefs about abortion or about climate you, science let me give some on this okay i think it's a very fair criticism i think your question the poll said that people are dubious about some of the things they hear coming out of the white house it's a big overwhelming number i'll give you that's a, no, nothing anybody who works in a white house wants to see and I think some of the communications chaos that has come out of the White House, White House over the last six months that was front and center with the White House press briefing, I don't think that helped things. And I think the president and his team have to be awfully careful with how they characterize things because people are listening and people are watching. But I do think that we're in a big fight. We're in a big political fight in this country. There are divides. Anna and I are both Republicans. We have a strong disagreement on the Trump agenda. I'm totally for the... President Trump and his agenda. I want it to pass. I think it's going to make America better. As we fight, let's have a fair fight on a disagreement on the issues. I think President Obama was wrong on a lot of things. I think it was wrong for Loretta Lynch to use an alias in her email. I think that was duplicitous. I just don't see the. I just see the legitimacy of your premise. Nobody's coming at President Trump because Anna Navarro of what he believes about abortion. I don't even think we know for sure right. what he does believe about listen, abortion. Listen. That's not or right. what it is about climate science. It's about you his ability to tell you, the truth about anything. You just anything. said that the administration no, it's not, was going to look, you're trying to make this segment Anna. about something that is completely not about. No, no, you talk you and talk are. and talk. 
You no, just no, no. you've tried to make this about abortion. You've tried to make it about science. That's not about what it is. It's about the fact that the president of the United States goes out and lies either by Twitter or in person daily. Last week, he told us he had phone calls he did not have with people who did not call him on the phone, who he claimed told him things they did not tell him. That is a lie. Some of you may choose to believe alternate facts and live in an alternate universe. Some of us choose to believe in a factual universe. Let's just do this. The one thing I would say is the following, which is I think hold the president accountable, hold the White House accountable. I don't have any problem with that. But let's be awfully careful when you throw around the word lie on all these positions that the president and the people who support Give us an example of the president being called a liar where it's unfair, Matt. I watched, I listened to CNN on the drive-in, Chris, Mm -hmm. and I heard you characterize those folks that are critics on climate change as lying about the science. And I think you should take that back. I don't think that's accurate. There's a great diversity of views from scientists, true climatologists, not just people with PhDs who are liberal professors across this country or people embedded in the bureaucracy. We ought to have a real discussion on these things. Yes, I'm not a scientist and neither are you. Matt, it's just, but we ought to be it's careful just with throwing away the term. misleading. I'll say it again. That's okay? the same thing and as a lie. I'll say that it again. The, that's no, a synonym. What you're saying, no, 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 well, look, call it what you want. I, I see the definition as li- of lying as being pretty, uh, pretty plain. A factual inaccuracy done with intention to deceive. Okay? That's the definition of a lie. It's a good one. I think you should own it. Here's the deal with it. Okay? When it comes to how much temperature is changing, when will big shifts happen, that's going to be soft. They don't know. The predictions and, and the contentions vary. But you have, again, 13 government agencies, scientists from each and all, saying there are real problems in an absolute effect that is human-driven and it needs to be addressed. Right, but when you attack that premise with nothing other than your feelings about it, that you're skeptical, that starts to take you into the realm of gross... I'm governed by emotions when it comes to these questions. But you're not a scientist. I, neither are you, and you don't even understand what these scientists are saying. But that's why I don't debunk 90 plus percent no of the scientific community on the basis no, of how I feel about it, no, Matt. What you, can you just do me a favor? Are we, are we here not talking about Donald Trump being a liar being, it, it versus being truthful? It out of the same Anna, thing because the, Anna, the president has had to own want, this kind of stuff, Anna. You want to make this a this debate about abortion and about science because you cannot defend the fact that the president of the United States is a compulsive, pathetic, daily liar. You can't defend that. So Anna, you are you, making you, us chase you, you have down Trump this derangement path of abortion and of, and of, you, no, you need no, to relax. No, you have, you have Trump Kool-Aid overdose is what you have. Is either so of those, are either of those based on science? For you oh. Because it gives you Are access. either of those maladies based on science? By the way, I just want to know. Is yeah, Trump derangement syndrome? No. Is that scientific? Is the Kool Aid thing science? But I might, but I might need counseling after this session. I'll tell you that. Look, Matt, I'll tell you what. I hear where you're coming from. Everybody on the panel. Don't call me a liar. I'm not calling you a liar. I've never, you are. I've never, I've never I'm, called you a liar. I'm no, saying. No, but I'm, just when I have a political disagreement with of somebody. Of course, then it's not and, lying. And, and, and maybe some people are doing with this me. Again? No, 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 Anna. It's a legitimate point. It, just because you disagree Chris, with well, something about somebody about doesn't mean somebody's huge, lying. No, but, but no, but what, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is a huge list that gets published all right. the time by right. people who keep track of what Donald right. Trump says. Both are and true, who confirm though. confirm that they are 
Both are true. Both are true. Hold on a second, guys. Hold on a second, guys. The lists are so long that they take out an entire... Newspaper Anna, page. I know. We're not talking about I develop science. parts of the list. We report on the list. We do fact checks all the time. I get it. I'm just saying, Matt is making a valid point. Is it a little bit off point? Yes. But he's making the point that just because you disagree doesn't mean that somebody's that a liar. Lies. Matt, you're I'm right about Matt what you're saying. I got you. Matt is right about what he's saying about disagreement in general. Now, to Anna's point, that's not the specific context of our discussion. The president's credibility problem, I would suggest, there's certainly nothing in the poll that suggests otherwise, isn't that people feel that his well-reasoned positions are mendacious, you know, that he's lying about those things. That's not what it is. It's what Anna's talking about, that when he makes things up that work for him, it is transparent. And over time, it has eroded trust in him, even among his base. That's a real problem, and it's nothing to do with any specific issue. Can I try an answer to this? Please, Matt. Okay, so my... <laughs> Making the world a better place <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now... The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. All right, welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. It seems that we're having some kind of difficulty. <laughs> we're having some back, background noise that isn't supposed to be there. We're going to talk to the uh, <laughs> we're going to talk to the uh, Blog Talk Radio officials about that later on. So if we can get through the show, even with the background noise, I'm listening to myself. Hold on, folks. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're having some difficulty, some background noise that is not supposed to be there, and uh, uh, we're going to try to get to the sh get through the show as uh, quickly as possible. Okay, all right. They're saying that there's a cure for diabetes. Okay, there are. They are saying that there is a cure for diabetes, as if we didn't know that. But you know, you you have all uh, in the city of Chicago. We have uh, uh, there's just been uh, soda tax implemented on pops. Everything that has sugar in it, and the reason the reason that these officials, Cook County officials, giving for this uh, soda tax, which is uh, causing people to leave the state to go to leave the city to go buy their soda elsewhere, and uh, one of the reasons that they one of the reasons that they give for putting this tax, we're being taxed up the kazoo here, but one of the reasons they they're they're giving for this tax is that it causes diabetes. Because, uh, I mean, uh, one of the reasons they're giving for the tax is saying that they're taxing the soda because 
sweetened beverage is cause uh, diabetes by implementing this tax, they're hoping that people will not, hopefully, will not buy uh, sweetened sodas, therefore <laughs> uh, not getting diabetes and other diseases that sugar causes, which is a total bunk. Uh, they're not trying, they're not thinking about your health. They're not thinking about my health. They're thinking, they want this one penny an ounce soda tax, and it's it's been implemented, but we're trying to get it repealed. They want this one cent soda tax to balance their budgets. That's all. I mean, every time a tax is raised in the in Chicago, it's to balance their budget, and they try to give all kinds of lying excuses to why they're they're taxing us. I mean, we can't even buy a bag anymore. Uh, I mean, we can't even get a bag anymore for our groceries. They're, they're taxed. They're taxed. There's a bag tax. Now there's a soda tax. There's every kind of tax you can think of, a sales tax. Uh, and people just can't afford all of these taxes. And these people are giving kind of lame excuses to why uh, they're raising taxes. You know, for example, the bag tax. They, they say uh, they're hoping people would bring their own bags and stop buying plastic bags because it's it's messing up the sewer or something to that effect. But it's a tax to try to balance their budget to pay their employees. That's all it is. They just give these lame-ass reasons for raising taxes and hope that we buy it. But getting back to the soda tax, the, the soda tax is implemented because they're, they're running commercials now on television. Even it even prominent doctors and health uh, professionals are lying about this tax, saying that our kids are going to get three, uh, going to start weighing 300, 400 pounds if they don't implement this tax because they're drinking a lot of soda, which is in turn is a lot of sugar, and sugar is calories, blah, 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 blah. Prominent pr medical professions, professionals are saying that. Uh, this tax is going to make people healthier because they're going to stop buying and drinking soda. Bunk. This is not going to stop people from buying and drinking soda. They may not buy it in the city of Chicago because of the tax, but they're going to go to these outlining suburbs where there is no tax and still continue to drink soda. But one of the things I do know is that this soda tax is really, really hurting the manufacturers of these of these uh beverages and it hurting some of the smaller uh chain of stores you know because people aren't coming into their stores and buying anymore because of the soda tax so it has a strong effect on people and majority of the people in the city of chicago and elsewhere the majority they're not buying any of that bunk that some of these people are saying in some of these commercials um uh, uh, this soda tax is going to save your child from getting diabetes or save you from getting diabetes, which is bunk. It's all about balancing their budgets, employees' raises off your taxes. That's all it is. And Tony Prepwinkle, who is the spearhead of this tax, she will be out of office and on her ass. You know, people voted for her because they thought that she was a better alternative than the previous Cook County president, which was Todd Stroger. But Tony Prep Winkle, uh, 
she winds up being a lot worse than he ever had been. Anyway, uh, they've just put the vote off. They, they were supposed to vote on this thing today to repeal it. But the, I, I'm, I'm assuming they didn't have the votes. So they are waiting until October next month, October, I believe around October 3rd, to vote for a repeal of this um, soda tax. And I hope it happens. I hope it goes through. And another reason why you can tell this is a bunch of malarkey, a lot of bunk, is because not only are they taxing soda drinks, they're taxing calories. They're taxing drinks with no sugar. So you know it's a bunch of bunk now. And they haven't addressed that part of it yet, you know. So you you know it's a, it's a lot of bunk. Anyway, staying on the subject of diabetes, I, I something just came across my deck, desk and says uh, that says uh, there is a cure for diabetes. I mean, it was it was on the nightly news and all this, all this kind of thing. It's all over the internet. There is a cure, and this is a latest, uh, revelation. This is the latest report. Uh, the saying that is there is a there is a cure for diabetes. I've always known there was a cure. <laughs> you know, but can you really cure diabetes? Or can you just put it in get it in check, you know, check your blood uh high or low or uh, that's tough. That's tough to try to do that. And you have to know the symptoms uh, when your blood sugar is high, you have to know the symptoms when it's low so you can try to treat it pricking your fingers and all that kind of thing, that gets monotonous. Of course it can be treated. Will it ever actually be gone? I don't think it, you can ever actually get rid of it. You might uh, not feel the symptoms of diabetes if you do the right thing, but if you uh, go back, let's say if you can, let's say if you cure diabetes, you don't have it anymore. Because you're doing all the right things, you're exercising, you, you're eating right, you're cutting down on your calories and all this kind of thing, you're exercising, you, you, you know, you're, you're relaxing, you're getting rid of stress and all this kind of thing. And suddenly in a few months, <laughs> maybe a few years, it's gone. But is it really gone? Because the minute you start to do the same things that you've done, to give you diabetes, I'm hearing it, it will return. It will return. Anything where cancer can return, it, if you think of it. But anyway, um, that's a good sign for people to hear, you know, to know that diabetes can be cured. Uh, we got people out here who don't want to hear that. We got health professionals, doctors, some doctors that don't want to hear that diabetes can be cured. They don't want to hear that. You know why? They don't want you to think it can be cured. Because if it, if you can cure it to the point where you don't have it anymore, that means you don't have to go to the doctor. That means you don't need them to fill, fill you a prescription. And when you don't do that, they can't get paid. Yeah, they can't get paid. So they don't want you to feel as if you can get rid of diabetes when you can. I mean, I've seen a, I've seen an article in the paper today that's saying, that says, that's scaring the hell out of people. This article, the headline was just scaring you. 
diabetes will kill you. That is what the headline said. Diabetes can kill you. Scaring the hell out of people who do not realize that diabetes can be cured. Yes, it can kill you. But moreover, it can be kill you. Walking across the street, get hit by a bus can kill you. I mean, cancer can kill you. Heart disease, diabetes is a reversible disease. It doesn't have to kill you. You don't have to get your leg amputated. That scares the shit out of people. You don't have to die from diabetes. Yeah, you'll die from it. I mean, you, what the hell? I mean, you, you'll die from not eating, period. Starvation. But diabetes can be reversed. It is not a, It is not the disease cancer is. It is not the disease that heart uh, disease is. It's, it's a disease that can kill you, but it doesn't have to kill you. Uh, you can do things to, to reverse it, and you can feel your old self again. And, and that's true. That's true. A lot of uh, uh, people, medical professionals, they, don't, they will not tell you that. They'll give you some medicine, prick your fingers, and give you all of these uh, appointments to return. Every time you have an re- appointment to return to the doctor's office, that's money in their pocket. The minute you walk through the door sit out in the lobby. They're charging you. Medical, the medical industry is a profitable one. It's profitable. And these doctors, these physicians, they have each other's back. Well, Mr. Wilder, uh, we're going to try and get you in to see Dr. Mosley. <laughs> they have each other's back. You know, they're going to try after they uh, treat you, they're going to try and send you to another physician to get treated. Now, that, that physician may recommend a specialist. And all of this is money going in their pocket, you know, uh, and coming out of yours. I'm not saying that the medical industry, uh, that you shouldn't see a doctor, that you shouldn't get your prescriptions filled. But, yeah, of course, do all of that, that you shouldn't take your medication. Of course, but realize that um, the medical industry is a profitable one, and they're gonna do they're gonna do what they can do uh, to keep you coming back, to keep you sick, to keep you sick, because because the longer you stay sick, the longer they're gonna get money, the longer they're gonna give you appointments, the longer they're gonna write those prescriptions, uh, the longer they're gonna tell you don't eat fat or or uh, watch out, and a lot of the things, a lot of things that doctors tell you, you should get second and third opinions. You remember that old saying, uh, always listen to your doctor? How can you listen to your doctor if your doctor doesn't tell you anything? How do, how do you listen to your doctor if your doctor doesn't tell you what's right and what's not right? And then sometimes you have to actually, if you want to know something about your body or how to uh, remedy this or that, you have to act- actually Ask the doctor yourself. You have to tell him, you know, uh, instead of him actually supplying you with information, you know, you, sometimes you have to talk up for yourself and ask as many questions you can about the disease or the problem or the sickness that you might have. And I always tell people, if you have a sickness, 
you go to a doctor and he gives you medical advice, try to go see two or three other doctors and see if they will give you that same medical advice. If it's different advice and you know that something's not right, you know, because the medical is a profitable one. They're all about making money. It's, not, it's, it's expensive to go to the doctor, you know, and if you, and if you ain't got a penny, they don't want to see you. I mean, you walk into a clinic and you say, I want to see a doctor. The first thing the lady behind the desk is going to say, let's see your insurance. If you don't have any insurance, you better turn back around. No matter, <laughs> you may die right outside the door or something. Anyway, it's a profitable in- industry. And it's, it's, it's nice to hear again that diabetes is uh, curable, is reversible. I, maybe I should not say curable, that you can cure it. Maybe it's reversible, okay? Because I don't think that diabetes, and this is true, folks. I don't think that diabetes is is uh, curable, actually. I don't really think that. I think it's re- irreversible. Because if you reverse it, it's like you're, you're your old self again. But however... If you start doing the same thing that you've done to acquire diabetes in the first place, it will return. It will return. And, uh, but it's reversible, and a lot of people should uh, be happy to hear that. Because I'm, I'm thinking that a lot, if, if you're afraid that you're going to get amputated, I mean, you're going to do everything you can to keep your feet or your hand or your whatever, whatever or your limb. Um, and it's nice to hear that it's reversible. And, and the way that it's reversible is just start eating properly. It's all about food. You put the wrong thing in your mouth, wow, your sugar spikes. You exercise too much, your sugar uh, is lowered. And balance, and that's a balancing act. And some people can't deal with that. Can't deal with that. You know, it's a balancing act. And you're pricking your finger to see, checking your numbers and all of this kind of thing. Some people say that's a waste of time. Some people say it's a bunch of malarkey, you know, and, but it's, 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 you have to do it. And if you do have diabetes, try to learn as much as you can about the disease. Your doctor may be a great doctor. You may love your doctor. He may really be trying to do something for you, but still in all, um, Learn as much as you can about the disease. Maybe there's, maybe you might find something uh, in your research that your doctor didn't tell you, not purposely, but he may have, may have slipped his mind or something. It's good to learn more about what you have because that's your body. It's your body. It's, it is um, your life. So if you have diabetes, uh, learn as much as you can about it. If you have a computer or, or, or you're online or something or a phone and you have the diabetes or you know someone who, who has it or you know someone who is struggling with it, you tell them that you heard it on the George Wilder Jr. show that diabetes is reversible. It is reversible. There's plenty of information online, research, that will uh, verify that. I mean, even if you watch the nightly news at some point, it's there. 
so with all of these people going in the city of Chicago trying to say uh, people are going to get diabetes if they drink a lot of pop, that's malarkey. <laughs> that's these people trying to hoodwink the American public. And, it, and it's such a shock to me to know that medical professions medical professions are out here saying the same thing on television in some of these commercials in the city of Chicago. Diabetes can be reversed. I'm not going to say it can be cured because cured means that it, you, you had it and it will not come back again. Reversed. And when you say it can be reversed, diabetes can be reversed. Yeah. You can be slightly cured. However, if you start doing the same things you were doing before, then it's going to return. There's no doubt about that. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We know there's probably some background noise somewhere. <laughs> and it's not coming from me. I'm trying to figure out where it's coming from. But background's within the show. So I'm hoping that you can hear me clearly without the being interrupted by some of that background noise. We're going to try to find out where that's coming from a little later on into the show. But we're going to do this right now. is that the um, diabetes, they tell you, is a chronic disease. And so this is what happens, and this is what happens in all studies. And if you've taken medications, you know this is what happens. So your sugars start out actually not bad. As you take the medications, the sugars actually come down a bit. But over the years, it kind of, the effect sort of wears off. So then you wind up having to add more and more and more medications. So what happens is that no matter what drug you take, so these compare three drugs, metformin, glybride, and rosiglitazone. So no matter what drug you take, the initial effect is very good, up to about six months. And then after about six months, the effect kind of wears off, and you can see that the sugar slowly goes up. And so what happens is that you wind up on a second medication or a third medication. And this is pretty well what happens to everybody. So if you've taken, if you've had diabetes for a while, and many people have had it for 10, you know, 12, 15 years, what you find is that you start off on metformin, then you go to metformin and glybride, then maybe three agents or four agents, then you wind up on a little bit of insulin, then you wind up on more insulin and more insulin. And if you think about the diabetes, if you think about who has, um, you know, mild diabetes and who has severe diabetes, you can see that the people who are just on the little bit of metformin are, you know, have mild diabetes, and if you're on a lot of insulin, you have very severe diabetes. So in fact, over these years, despite what everybody tells you, your diabetes is just getting worse and worse and worse. So your sugars might go up, they might go down, but your diabetes is actually getting worse. And I think that's what confuses people a lot, because they think that the sugar and the diabetes are the same thing, but they're actually not. But over the, that period of time, you can see that no matter what, it's actually progressing. And they say it's a progressive disease. So this is the thing that you have to understand, that the, the, the sugars and the diabetes are actually two different things. So diabetes, the real heart of diabetes is the insulin resistance, okay? So that part is what's getting worse. The sugars is really just a symptom of the insulin resistance. Okay? But it's not the actual diabetes. The actual diabetes is the resistance to insulin and the subsequent very high levels of insulin. If you want to think about it you know, in an um, analogy, you can think about an infection. So if you have an infection, say so you have a big you know, infection in the lungs or whatever, 
That's the actual disease. The symptom is the fever. Okay. So what you have to do is treat the disease, which is the infection with antibiotics. You can't treat the symptom of the fever. So if you have a very bad infection, you need antibiotics. You don't need more and more Tylenol. So diabetes is the same thing. The disease is about insulin resistance. But the symptom is the high blood sugar. And yet all our treatment is directed against the high blood sugar. So you can see that controlling the high blood sugars actually doesn't do anything for you because you're not actually treating the disease. The disease actually continues to progress. And that's the real problem. So up to about five years ago, we thought that treating the sugars would make you better, right? And this is what probably all of you have heard. Your sugars are doing fine. Your sugars are doing fine. So if you... Um, think that, that's, that the, the sugars is the same thing as the diabetes, then you'd think that the diabetes is doing fine. But it turns out about five years ago that they did three very large studies. And what they found was that no matter if your sugars were well controlled or poorly controlled, it actually didn't make any difference. You still got complications of diabetes, you still got the disease, you know, the, the heart disease, the strokes, you got the, you know, the eye disease, the kidney disease, all of it. So none of that was made better by controlling the sugars. And if you think about it this way, you can see why. Because you're not actually treating the disease. You're only treating the symptoms. So just like if you take Tylenol for a, a, an infection, it might make you look better, but it doesn't actually make you better. So this is the same thing. So the, 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 the diabetes is the insulin resistance. So you have to understand what is the cause of the insulin resistance, and then you actually have to treat it. So you have to treat the insulin resistance and not the sugars. Now, at a certain point when your sugars are very high, yes, you have to treat it. But that's not what is really important in the disease. The real part of the heart of the disease is the insulin resistance. And because they don't really understand what causes the insulin resistance, they can't actually treat it. So all your treatments, all the metformin, all the glyburide, all the uh, insulin, all of that is aimed at simply treating the, the sugars. So here's the real question. What causes the insulin resistance? And this is what's happening in the body. This is just a cartoon. So normally the insulin causes you to lower the blood sugars. That's what it does. As you eat, you know, your blood sugars go up and insulin is released to take that sugar out of the blood and into the tissues. And that's a normal thing. Uh, when you develop insulin resistance, it's the, the insulin doesn't seem to work as well. So what happens is that the body kind of pumps up the levels of insulin to make it work well enough to get your sugars out of the way. But the high insulin level is a result of the insulin resistance. But what causes the insulin resistance in the first place? And that's really what you need to understand in order to treat it. Because if you know what causes the insulin resistance, then you can treat it. And it turns out that it's actually the insulin that causes the insulin resistance. And that might seem funny at first, but in fact, that's what happens in most biological systems. So if you um, look at any other hormone, if you get exposed to it, your body develops resistance to it. So if you look at addictive drugs or alcohol or anything, or smoking or anything, as you take the first one, say for instance marijuana or cocaine or one of these addictive drugs, or you can take Valium or any of these anti-psychotics um, anti, uh, and stuff, as you take the first one, you get a real high, but every subsequent one is a little bit lower. So you wind up having to take higher and higher doses to get the same effect. And that's really resistance or tolerance. And it happens for all drugs. Insulin is exactly the same. 
As you take more and more insulin, your body develops more and more resistance to it. And now you see that it's actually a, a real vicious cycle because what happens is that if your insulin level is high, then it, you get some insulin resistance. As you get insulin resistance, you get higher insulin levels. As you get higher insulin levels, you get higher resistance, and it goes round and round. So you have a vicious circle. And in fact, treatment with insulin now is not simply not effective. It's actually making things worse because you're feeding into that cycle. So while the insulin lowers your sugars, it is actually raising your insulin resistance. So in fact, it's making things worse. You're getting more diabetes by taking the insulin. And that's the real problem. When you understand the actual disease, you can see why current standard treatment is actually not only not effective, it's actually really, really, really bad for you because you're treating the exact, uh, the, what is actually causing the disease is what you're treating it with. That's never going to work, right? It's just not going to work. So if you think about it, the, the problem is that the insulin level is too high. So you're not going to make things better by taking more insulin. It's like treating an alcoholic with alcohol, right? This is exactly the same thing. So the sa same thing happens in alcohol. If you take alcohol, the first one you get, you know, a real buzz, and then every subsequent one is a little lower. And what happens is that if you take the alcohol, your symptoms, you feel a little bit better. But you're not making the alcoholism any better, right? This is the exact same thing. The problem is that your insulin levels are too high. So how can taking more insulin possibly be good for you? And the truth is that it wasn't. It was never good for you. In fact, it made things worse. But people didn't really understand that. And because they didn't understand that, they then made an excuse for themselves by saying that this is a chronic progressive disease. But the truth is that diabetes was not a chronic progressive disease because we know that we can cure it in many cases. So if you do weight loss surgery or gastric banding or bariatric surgery, basically if you staple somebody's stomach, their diabetes goes away in like 90% of cases. So this was not a chronic progressive disease. This is a curable disease. So if you say that this is a curable disease, yet our treatment is making people worse, the only logical conclusion is that our treatment is completely incorrect. And that's exactly what it is. So when you're thinking about treatment of diabetes, there's a few things you have to consider. One, you have to understand that the key to treating diabetes is not to take more insulin. That makes things worse. The key is how are you going to get those insulin levels really low? The second thing is that diabetes is a dietary disease. Okay, Almost for sure it's a dietary disease. We know that. Um, yet... If it's a dietary disease, the cure is going to have to be dietary. You can't take a dietary disease and treat it with drugs and pretend that that's going to make things better. But yet, that's what we've done. We've taken a disease which is dietary in nature, and we've prescribed you drugs that suppress the symptoms. It's not going to make it better, and it hasn't. The last 30 years has borne it out. The third thing is that this is not a chronic progressive disease at all. This is in fact a curable disease, but you have to treat it the right way. You have to understand what you're doing. So 
One of the things we do in our clinic is that we are looking at ways of how to lower the insulin levels. And that's the real thing. And one of the simpler ways to do it is intermittent fasting. And that's, that's, what, that's why we have a lot of people on these sort of protocols. And one of the things to remember is that fasting um, has been done for many, many years. You know, everybody thinks that it's so crazy. Everybody hears a, about it at first and thinks it's crazy. But you have to remember that fasting has been done for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And not only that, but almost every single major religion in the world has periods of fasting that are prescribed. Not because, you know, of any particular reason, but they recognize that it is actually a very healthy thing for people to be doing every so often. And why is it so healthy? Because what happens is that when you fast, your insulin levels go down very low. Because you're not eating, your insulin levels go down. And having periods where your insulin level is down helps prevent that vicious cycle, right? It's the insulin that leads to the resistance, which leads to higher insulin. It's a vicious cycle. So if every once in a while, you know, you, you, you do Ramadan, which is a month of fasting, or you do, you know, the 40 days of Lent, or whatever it is you do, if you have a period now where your insulin level is very low, you're going to completely break that vicious cycle. And if you do that routinely through the year, then you will stay healthy. You will prevent the development of that resistance. If you don't get the resistance, you don't get the high levels. And that's what we do. So I'm, I'm going to show you here what, um, what we do kind of in a uh, demonstration. So what we do in terms of the sugars, you can think about it this way. The body actually has the ability to store energy in two ways. So when you eat, you're taking in energy as food, right? So you can store that in two ways. You can store sugar and you can store fat, okay? So sugar is stored in the liver as something called glycogen. And there's a really a limited amount of glycogen that you can store in the liver. But it's readily available, okay? So it's kind of like a short-term uh, storage. But you can store sugar. If you store more energy than fat, the body will actually turn that into fat. And that's kind of long-term food energy storage, right? So as long as you're eating, you're going to be burning that off. Um, you're going to be increasing insulin. And insulin is going to tell your body to store some of that away, okay? So if you have too much sugar, what happens is that some of that is going to go into the stores. But as long as your stores are not full, it's not going to spill over into the blood. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to demonstrate it this way. So normally so. as you take a little thing to eat, if you don't have filled up stores of sugar, what's going to happen is that you're going to fill it up a little bit, right? But it's fine. As you don't eat, so for instance you eat dinner, you take in more calories than you can really use for that period of time. So your body produces insulin, and insulin says to the body, okay, well, I'm, I've eaten a big meal. I'll use a little bit of that as energy. The rest I'm going to put in storage as sugar, okay, because that's what I do. So it fills up the storage, but the storage is empty, so it's fine. Then you go to sleep, so for the next, you know, 9, 12 hours, you're not eating. So what happens is that your body is going to take that and it's going to burn it off as energy. So that's fine. That's the normal situation. Now what happens in the uh, diabetic situation is something like this. So over time, your, your storage is, you know, empty. But over time, as you 
kind of continue to eat more and more, what happens is that that storage kind of gets filled up. And now here's the situation in diabetes. This is your storage levels of sugar, right? They're completely full, right? And what you do when you eat is this. You're going to take in a meal and you're going to have more sugar. And what's going to happen? It's all going to spill over into the blood, right? So the blood sugar levels go up. There's nothing it can do. It can't store any more. So for a while, your body can compensate. But what does insulin do? So now you're diabetic, and this is what happens every mealtime. Your storage is filled up. Every time you eat, the sugar spills out into the blood. Well, as you take insulin to take care of that problem, the body is going to take that excess sugar and force it back into the body. So what happens to that? Your body is just going to store it as fat. In other words, the insulin is going to make you gain weight. And if you've ever taken insulin, you know already that's exactly what happens. But this is the problem. If you continue to do this day after day, year after year, all you do is gain weight, right? But it doesn't make you any better because all that sugar is still in your body. So it's kind of like that show Hoarders. I don't know if you've seen it, but people, you know, hoard too much stuff and their house is full of stuff. So pretty soon the stuff fill, flows out. And what happens? If you're taking insulin, all you're doing is taking all that garbage and shoving it back into the house. Well, that's not going to help. That's not going to make things better. In fact, over time, it's just going to make things worse. And that's exactly what happens in the current treatment of diabetes. So this is what we do instead. If your cup is completely full, the only rational treatment for diabetes, so this is the situation now in diabetes, your cup is completely full, the only way that's going to make you better is to start draining it off. So that's what you do. So as you fast, what happens? A little bit of this water is going to come out and it's going to get burned off. The next time you fast, a little bit more of this water is going to come and it's going to get drained off. Every single... Okay, that was Dr. Uh, Jason Long on diabetes. And what he was saying is that diabetes is a dietary disease. So why treat it with an insulin? The best way to treat diabetes is dietary. And that makes sense. I mean, it's a dietary disease. It's what you eat. It's what you put into your body. Diabetes is what you put into your body. And, you, and just because someone is overweight or out of shape and older doesn't mean that that person has diabetes. I have seen 300-pound people, 350-pound folks. They don't have, they don't even know what diabetes is. They don't have it. And then, on the other hand, you see thin people, 115, 120 pounds. These people have diabetes, type 2 diabetes. So just because a person is big, that doesn't mean that that person has diabetes. You can be small. 
A lot of people say diabetes is, is, is relevant to weight gain. It's not. It is not. It is totally, totally reversible. I, the, the doctor said, he said curable. And that's a good sign. But I think it's just, it's reversible. That's the same thing as saying curable, it's cured. But it, it's saying, also saying that if you do the same things that you've done before, after your diabetes has been reversed, it can come back again. I've had doctors tell me that. You know, so, and I believe that. I, I totally believe that. And I totally believe that diabetes is reversible. And it's one of the leading causes of death. It will kill you. I mean, you will die. I mean, but you don't have to. Nobody has to die from this. Nobody has to have their leg or limb amputated from this. You know, these things happen and they can happen. Sometimes they will happen. Uh, basically, if they do happen, it means that this person with diabetes didn't do something to try to um, alleviate uh, as much as much as much of the disease as possible. That's what it means. Okay, so we've been talking about diabetes only be, only because they were talking about it earlier today and saying that it could be cured. And I don't want to say cured. I want to say diabetes can be irreversible, turned around, and you can feel just as great as you uh, felt before you had the disease. You know, it's. I don't think it's anything like cancer or heart disease or, or any any of that. Because I think it's easily diabetes can be easily managed, um, but some people have a hard time with it, um, and I can see why. <laughs> but uh, it, it's up to, to the individual. I think um, exercise is pivotal. To diabetes, diet is pitiful. I mean, you can't eat cookies and cakes and candy. Uh, you know, I mean, it, however, if your sugar is low, if you, if your sugar is very very low, um, there can be sy symptoms of uh, this or that. But you know, I, I remember I had this job and. Um, I was working on the dock. This, this was a thousand years ago. And we were loading stuff into the truck, into the truck. And the truck driver's his name was Ron. We were we were great friends. He was the driver, he was the truck driver. And he was kind of heavy set. He was big. He was a very nice guy. Uh we were loading stuff on onto the truck, you know, and uh, suddenly he fell flat on his back. I mean, he was flat on his back. So the first thing uh, people were saying, give him a piece of candy. Give him a piece of candy. I didn't understand that. I really didn't. And it happened again uh, as I, when I was working upstairs for the Chicago Public Library. It happened again. Uh, a lady, I forgot her name. I forget her name. It was so long ago. Uh, she was sitting at her desk. All of a sudden, she just fell over onto the floor. You know, uh, then the next thing I know, somebody brought her a candy bar and gave her a candy bar, gave her a bite of a candy bar. Suddenly, she was okay again. So, 
and my my friend Ron, uh, he was okay again after he got a little bit of sugar. So that told me that they were working really hard. And sometimes when you work hard, uh, exercise hard, work hard, and you don't eat anything, lower your sugar. And you start to feel dizzy and drowsy and all this stuff. If you don't get a piece of candy or something to elevate your sugar, you can fall out and faint and you can even die. So diabetes is serious, but I think the reason why these two people fainted or from the lack of uh, eating or, or from low, very low sugar is because they did not correctly manage their diabetes. You know, you, it has to be managed. It has to be watched. Uh, it's not always pricking your fingers or checking your ACI or, or ACL, whatever they call it, your numbers. And I think more people, there's more people in the United States, maybe in the world, uh, have diabetes, more so than cancer, more so than heart disease. I think um, diabetes is the number one disease in the world. I mean, millions and millions and millions of people have it. The people, you are, the people that you are out and among every day, every day, somebody's walking by you who has diabetes. They may be young, pretty, cute, big, small, black. Somebody has diabetes. You know, and it diabetes will take your life if you don't uh, check yourself, just like cancer will. I mean, there there are so many people who outlive cancer. It's a damn shame. How many people have been told by the doctor, well, you got a few weeks to live. Well, you got a couple of months to live. Make sure you get your house in order. And suddenly they're living five and 10, 20 years. Take, for example, this actress, Valerie Harper. Um, I mean, five years, six years ago, seven years ago, they told her she had, a, she had cancer. Uh, five, six, seven years ago, they told her that she was going to die in a few months. They, they may, I mean, they were saying that this woman was, was in her grave, and she was all over the television, you know, um, on talk shows and even in <laughs> in a few uh, uh, television sitcoms, you know, because people were feeling sorry for her because they thought she was going to be taken away from us by cancer. Lo and behold, this woman has lived seven to eight years after she was diagnosed uh, with terminal cancer. And I'm not saying this happens in every case. I'm just saying that um, things can change for the better, you know. Uh, you can almost say that her cancer is in remission. In some cases, when people say, when doctors say cancer is in remission, you're thinking, well, wow, it's cured. Yeah, but it's not cured. Because we've all heard that cancer comes back. You know, I mean, you take John McCain, he has brain cancer. And uh, I saw 
saw him on television the other day. He was giving an interview. Senator John McCain from Arizona. I saw him on television the other day, and he was giving an interview about his brain cancer. And uh, he he sounds as if he's in peace. He's at peace with himself. You know, he's saying, I mean, he's he's in his 80s, I think his early 80s. And he sounds as if he's in, at peace with himself. I'm pretty sure he has his house in order in case, you know, when it happens. And But the thing about it, he's not afraid. And that's that's one of the things you should do. But a lot of people are afraid of dying. And that makes it hard. You know, you're afraid of dying. But John McCain is, you know, say, hey, wow, it happens, it happens. I'm going to try and do my best to live as long as I can. But, you know, if, if it happens, it happens. Cancer, diabetes heart disease um, uh, kills a lot of people, you know, and some of these things can be reversed. Some of these deaths, they don't have to happen. You know, I mean, I mean, you go in for heart, uh, some, some people may have, I mean, you may have a heart attack and you go in to the doctor and you have surgery. Suddenly you die at surgery. You die from surgery. You know, so death is inevitable. We're all going to die. Everybody's going to die. Some people are going to die a lot sooner than others. Some people don't have to die a lot sooner than others if we can take care of ourselves. But diabetes is a dietary disease, and it should be treated with dietary methods, not insulin, not pricking your finger. You know, diabetes... Uh, you eat right, you exercise, you monitor your stress levels, uh, just try to live a positive life. And it, let's put it this way, di- diabetes, um, it doesn't happen overnight. It didn't happen overnight. It's not going to end overnight. It's going to take some time. But at least you're working there. You're working towards uh, uh, being a better person. You're working towards getting rid of this disease. There's no doubt about it. Diabetes, you have to work towards, uh, if you want to see a cure for it, if you want to see it reversed, you have to work towards that goal. Uh, you just can't have diabetes and don't do anything about it. That you did to acquire it, it's going to get you. It's going to overwhelm you. And that's another thing I think about diabetes. You can't let it, you can't let this thing overwhelm you. If it's overwhelming to you, then it's got you. Talk to your doctor, talk to your friends, your family. Get everybody involved in this thing. You know, they're going to make sure that you don't pick up the cookies or the cakes or the candies. They're going to make sure that you're going to do the right thing when your blood sugar falls below normal. Or it gets too high. Our junior show, and we've been talking about diabetes because they are saying that there is a surefire cure, but I'm not a doctor, so I'm just going to say it can be reversed. You know, if we do the right things, and I do agree with Jason Lung that diabetes is a dietary disease. It's it's what you eat. It's what you put in your mouth. Even cancer is what you eat. But 
if there's one killer around, it's food. Food. You just can't go just gobbling up anything and just gobbling it, gobbling it down. I mean, you you know, it, it's it's deadly. It's dangerous. You know, and it is. So you guys out there, you women and guys, and take care of yourself. If you have diabetes, um, you know, do the right thing. Exercise. Eat less. You know. Um, in some cases, you can eat what you want. Some in some cases. Some doctors say you can eat sweets, but you can't just pig out on them. You know, you can't pig out on it. You can just eat it. In, in, uh, and then there's doctors that say you can eat anything you want to eat, just moderation. Just eat everything in moderation and exercise and uh, drink a lot of water. <laughs> that helps. That helps. That totally helps. Exercise, drink a lot of water, uh, uh and be positive about it. All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. We've been talking about diabetes because it is not the disease that people think it is. It can be. You can live with it. You can live your rest, rest of your life with it or you can die with it. Um, some of the famous people in the entire world, movie stars, singers, um, uh, actors have succumbed to diabetes. Uh, it was just overwhelming, and people uh, uh, succumbed to it because they it's just uh, too much for them. But if you're strong and you're strong-willed and you you have a desire to live, you're gonna you're gonna do this thing. And as I've said before, um, it's 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 reversed. Um, don't take my word for it. Take your doctor's word for it. But, but some doctors may not tell you that because if they feel that you think it can be reversed, they may say they don't want to lose you as a patient because the, the medical industry is uh, a profitable one. And it's going to remain a, a profitable one as long as Republicans are in office. <laughs> These guys are, are going to make sure that we pay through the nose uh, going to the doctor or we will not be able to go to a doctor at all under their leadership, if you can call it leadership. I mean, it's up to you. But um, diabetes can be reversible. Just do the right thing.
Now lay me down before I go to sleep. In the troubled world, I pray the Lord to keep keep hatred from the mighty and the mighty from the small. listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I do appreciate your time. I do appreciate you listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We'll try to uh, eliminate some of the noise next time in the background uh, as soon as we find out where it's coming from. But anyway, uh, thanks for listening. I hope you guys have a great evening, uh, a great weekend. I'm hearing it's going to be really, really nice in Chicago uh, in the upcoming week. I want to say, everybody, thanks for listening. Make sure you keep listening. Tell everybody that you listen. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you.